I did like you're you're right. There's there's not a lot of sort of psychological ambiguity to yeah. Like, is she cra- is it is she crazy? Was she really the wife the whole time? It is like they a, even tell you no, the, the people are bad the, from the pretty much the beginning. Yeah, so there, you, the, there, there, there's a lot of dramatic irony to this where like yeah. we are let in on a lot of information another filmmaker might have left as like you know, oh, here are the, here are the twists here. Are they're kind of the reveals. Yeah, leave and, it more and, and, of a mystery kind of thing. Whereas this is more, it's almost more of a, it's not an action movie by any means, but it, it has these beats of just like, I've got to figure out the next step to get out of here rather than, her going through like a psychological torment or something like that. Mm. Well, and, and, and it does still have twists, but it kind of leaves Definitely. them for more, more of the minute details on like how are, how are her escape plans actually going to work out? Like you can yes. tell that. Yes. I think, I think Lewis's um, interest in this was, you know, how do I maximize the sort of logistical tension of what is yeah. being experienced here? Like, what could, what is this character's kind of perspective? How can the atmosphere kind of reflect that? Like, again, one of the things that Lewis was apparently really, really well known for was the weird uh, kind of camera trickery that he would try to try to pull, whether it mm-hmm. was like placing the camera in a place that you know, producers would be like, why are you doing that? Or, you know, doing the duration stuff like Jamie was talking about, like the, the robbery sequence and gun crazy. And he would frequently actually get in trouble because he would on a B movie sometimes be going over schedule and over budget. Okay. And I was wondering what kind of filmmaker he was. I mean, to me, when I was seeing the style and, and knowing that there were B movies, I'm like, yeah, maybe, maybe he was going over budget and over time. It seems like he would have to. Yeah, but but that's also the thing is he was working with like one twentieth of what other budgets would have been anyway. So even going oh, yeah. over budget I'm for, for him was still like really really cheap movie. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he would sometimes get in trouble, and then they would actually watch the movies, and they would be like, actually, he made a B movie that we could program alongside an A movie, and it almost looks just as good. So at a certain <laughs> point, they actually did see the value. That, so that's why he didn't end up like suffering the consequences of being because you you hear a, yes. a, a lot of stories yeah. about filmmakers who do end up like being fired and never working for a studio again because of doing shit like that and this was a rare case of the b movie studio guys actually saw the value of having a level of talent like him you know actually making their movies seem more expensive than they actually were like that is actually how you spread word of mouth about your studio that is actually how you know you get this played as a b picture to a hitchcock movie or something and people go wow that was pretty good right (laughs) it's it's not hitchcock but it's pretty good it's pretty close to the real thing um and uh, i wanted to bring that up right off the start because i knew immediately right away the very first time that i watched this from like basically like the opening image in here that gets you into Julia's very depressed mood and like the financial desperation of just based on where the camera is placed that shot of uh, her walking on this like the rain soaked sidewalk and it almost looks mm-hmm. like this like fisheye wide angle lens that, that uh, there's no way that existed around that time yeah it and she's like tilted I think it's almost like I don't know if it's a, exactly it is. a Dutch angle but yeah it's it, there's something off kilter about it 
Yeah, and, and and choosing that kind of shot for the first time we ever see her while she mournfully walks back to her apartment where she's, you know, we learn that she's behind on rent and she's recently just lost work due to this like surgery and she's single and, you know, she's she's not, you know, someone who's looking to like just marry a rich guy. She wants to make her own independent way. And doesn't she's seem to have every, any friendships either. Like the, the maid that, really. that she walks into doesn't seem to like her. And, and almost, in, I think it's in the, like the first 10 or 15 minutes as she leaves to the to the new job um the maid gets rid of like the letter that she left and a portrait of her so like she really do, it, it does feel very much like and she steals her money no because because she leaves right, right, because she, right. she she gets that new job and leaves her rent money to you know the the uh the the renter yeah. and yeah the maid just like straight up just takes it and goes yeah i'm gonna pretend that you didn't pay your rent you know <laughs> yeah so it seems like nobody is on her side the only one that you get is kind of a glimpse of is a uh, dennis and and yet he does come back into play uh in the in the latter half but um yeah she she seems like completely alone yeah well and and what's interesting is like that is also why she's a prime target for what she mm-hmm. eventually is is targeted for because you know they are setting up a little bit of this of this class angle that um you know she's going to the job agencies every every single day she's in a really really financially desperate situation she can't make she can't make rent and she's you know she who knows what she's going to have to do next although i do like that the maid is like i know plenty of places you could get a job like mine but i suppose you're a fine lady you know and you were trained mm-hmm. for something better than you know like wiping floors or whatever and yeah. uh she even she says ends that up, her secretary job isn't a real job kind of thing that's right. And, and and she ends up making a good impression on this one agency that she didn't see in the paper and ends up going to because she has no romantic attachments or family ties because, you know, it, 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 Kind of a little creepy. Uh, we will it, it, perhaps whoever put that ad in the paper is looking for someone who could uh, disappear with ease, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> though, the, the, though, though she strategically does not tell them about Dennis, a man who lives in her building and, and who she is uh, friends with and likes and perhaps is considering being romantic with. Um, but she she makes for a good candidate for the wealthy widow, Mrs. Williamson Hughes, played by Mary Witty in a very, uh, very pretty stern and uh, terrifying performance in a kind of pragmatic way. Like how, how yeah. fast she is to just be like, yeah, I'm going to help my uh, son, Ralph, played by George McCready, uh, pull off this crazy uh, kidnapping scheme in order to replace his wife who he maybe murdered uh yeah. which we will get and into I, the details of that specifically <laughs> i like that you said pragmatic too because she does very she plays it like she doesn't have any of that uh you know they, they stumble upon her in a room as they're talking to the sun or something and she does like a maniacal laugh or something like that it's not that